RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories. Lawmakers look to bypass the Medical Council on hiring foreign doctors. A manhunt continues after a shooting in Shamshoi Po. And Kim Jong-un says President Trump needs the right attitude if they're to meet again. Lawmakers from both sides of the political divide are looking to wrest control from the Medical Council after it rejected all options to make it easier for foreign doctors to work here. Democratic Party legislator Helena Wong said if it still fails to back a deal at the meeting next month, she'll be... She'll be tabling a private member's bill to amend the medical registration ordinance to allow the government to handle the matter. Her idea was echoed by DAB councillor Elizabeth Quatt. The founder of think tank HK Golden 50, Franklin Lamb, who's also a board member of the hospital authority, agreed that the medical council needs to be reformed. Almost everybody in Hong Kong, 7.4 million Hong Kong people who will fall ill, who do fall ill regularly, are against 14,000 doctors. That is a simple case of whose interests are we finally after. They have to be patients. I hope we shouldn't really even delay or hope that the Medical Council can fix itself. The experience in foreign jurisdictions in the developed countries have always been is from top down. You not expect self-regulation is already an obsolete concept for almost every jurisdiction in medical field in the world. Mr Lam said whether the doctors know Chinese or not should not be a problem. He gave Singapore as an example where about 40% of the doctors are not locally trained. In the last eight years or so, the number of complaints were now at a record low. The medical claims on negligence are practically non-existent. So, and if you think, we all know Singaporean English is not our type of Mandarin English. And if they admit somebody from India or potentially worse, from Scotland, you really think there's, there's direct communication, absolutely no barrier, have not re- resulted in a medical incident. So in other words, language is an excuse. The police commissioner, Stephen Lowe, says initial investigations suggest a shooting in Shamshoi Po last night was over a financial dispute. A mainlander is in stable condition after being injured in his arm in the incident. Officers say that the 33-year-old had an argument with another man and attacked him with a metal rod. The suspect then pulled out a gun and shot at him. Police are still searching for the gunman. Former Civic Party chairwoman Audrey Yu says social activism will continue despite the blow caused by the guilty verdict for nine prominent leaders of the 2014 Occupy movement. The defendants, including co-founders Benny Tai, Chan Kin Man and the Reverend Chu Yu Ming, were found guilty of public nuisance charges on Tuesday and will be sentenced on the 24th of this month. But Ms Yu said people should not give up. Well, I'm sure the government is going to continue to give people reasons to be upset about. I mean, now the uh, amendment to the fugitive uh, fugitive offenders ordinance, uh, it's not just uh, the democratic uh, front, it's also the international front, the business sector, and many journalists, media, and so on. So I think um, the social movement definitely will carry on because the government would continue to give us reasons, uh, in fact, uh, to be upset. The North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has said he's only interested in meeting President Trump again if he comes with the right attitude. Mr Kim said the collapse of his second summit with Mr Trump in February had raised the risk of a return to past tensions. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports from Seoul. 
Donald Trump said earlier this week that he was open to meeting Kim Jong-un again. The two leaders have met twice, but both times failed to reach a deal which would allow the US to lift economic sanctions in exchange for North Korea abandoning its nuclear and missile programs. Mr Kim said that during the talks in Hanoi in February, the US came up with a completely unrealistic plan. He said if Washington stuck with that calculation, the path ahead would be bleak and dangerous. President Trump says he's considering releasing illegal immigrants into Democrat-controlled urban strongholds known as sanctuary cities in retaliation for the party's opposition to his immigration policies. These metropolises, including New York and Chicago, refuse to hand over undocumented immigrants for deportation. We'll bring the illegal, really you call them the illegals, I call them the illegals, they came across the border illegally, we'll bring them to sanctuary city areas and uh, let that particular area take care of it, whether it's a state or whatever it might be. California certainly is always saying, oh, we want more people, and they want more people in their sanctuary cities. Well, we can give them an unlimited supply. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Travellers heading from Hong Kong to Delhi and Mumbai have been left stranded after India's largest private airline, Jet Airways, suspended all international flights. The situation will continue until at least Monday. More from the BBC's Tom Burridge. Jet Airways flies nearly 400 international routes and 600 within India. But the company's in financial trouble. Its debt has risen to more than £700 million and it's struggling to pay staff and leasing companies for its aircraft, the vast majority of which are now grounded. With thousands of jobs at stake during election season, the Indian government made an unusual move last month and asked state banks to temporarily prop the airline up. But while new investors are sought, Jet Airways seems to lack the cash to keep basic operations running and customers booked onto flights are left guessing whether they'll be able to fly. People in Sudan are waking up to their third head of state in as many days. General Abdel Fattah Abdel Rahman Buran has taken over as head of the country's transitional military council after his predecessor, General Awad Ibn Aouf, announced his resignation late yesterday. The news was welcomed by protesters in Khartoum, where car horns sounded and chants of it fell again reverberated around the city. Protesters are continuing to demand an interim civilian government. We want what the Sudanese Professionals Association has said in their statement. We want a civilian transitional government as soon as possible. We don't want anyone from their side who has been part of the regime in any way. Why isn't there a transitional government? All those people who died, have they just gone in vain? We cannot accept this. A Dutch fertility doctor accused of using his own sperm to inseminate patients without their consent has been confirmed as the father of 49 children. DNA tests revealed that Jan Karabat, who died two years ago, impregnated their mothers at his clinic near Rotterdam. The BBC's Anna Holligan has the story. Jan Karabat was first taken to court in 2017 by a group of donor children and their parents, suspicious they were related. Many of them sat shoulder to shoulder in the courtroom, clearly sharing some of the doctor's distinctive physical features. After he died at the age of 89, the results of DNA analysis confirmed he used his own sperm at the clinic and exceeded the legal limit of six children per donor. 
One of his children, Joey, said the results meant he could finally close the chapter. Now there was no doubt Mr Karabat was his father. A British historian believes he's pinpointed the location of the London home where William Shakespeare wrote some of his most popular works, including Romeo and Juliet and A Midsummer Night's Dream. It was already known the young Shakespeare moved to London in the early 1580s and that he eventually settled in the parish of St Helen's Bishopgate. But where he lived before then was unknown. The theatre historian Geoffrey Marsh now suggests Shakespeare took up residence in lodgings overlooking the graveyard of St Helen's Church much earlier than previously thought. Football now, and it's time to look ahead at the weekend's Premier League action with BBC's Maz Faruqi. The top two in the English Premier League both play on Sunday, with league leaders Liverpool hosting Chelsea at Anfield, the standout tie of the weekend. Maurizio Sarri's side will be desperate to take points off Liverpool and put a dent in their title ambitions. Before they kick off, though, Manchester City could already have moved above Liverpool to the top of the table if they can pick up all three points at Crystal Palace. The battle for a Champions League qualification spot looks to be going down to the wire and Tottenham will hope their run of poor league results is behind them in Saturday's early game when they play Huddersfield. A win from their game in hand would move them above Chelsea and back into third. Manchester United also play on Saturday against West Ham and they need three points to stay in contention for a top four finish, as do Arsenal when they travel to Watford on Monday night. Elsewhere this weekend, Brighton hosts Bournemouth, Fulham face Everton and Wolves travel to Southampton. There's also an important match at the wrong end of the table for relegation-threatened Cardiff City against Burnley. Boss Neil Warnock has described their six remaining games as cup finals. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Lawmakers look to bypass the Medical Council on hiring foreign doctors. A manhunt continues after a shooting in Shamshoi Po. And Kim Jong-un says President Trump needs the right attitude if they are to meet again. That's the news from RTHK. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3pm. This week we have two musical themes of note. First, our mini-musical tribute to Belgian legendary icon, the late great Jacques Brel. He was born 90 years ago this Monday, the 8th of April. And we sample hot new hits from the four corners of the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with our first musical theme, our mini-musical tribute to Belgian legendary icon Jacques Brel, who was born 90 years ago this Monday, the 9th of April, and he passed away on the 9th of October in 1978. A Belgian singer-songwriter, also an actor, a director. He directed two movies, he starred in ten movies, and he started recording his songs in the 1950s at La Rose Noire in Brussels. One of those early 1950s songs we'll play right now is called Grand Jacques. The tall Jacques, as he was mostly known in his early, very thin days, he was a tall guy. C'est trop facile d'entrer aux églises, de diverser toute sa saleté. Face au curé qui dans la lumière grise, ferme les yeux pour mieux nous pardonner. Tais-toi donc, 
Grand Jacques, que connais-tu du bon Dieu En cantique, une image, tu n'en connais rien de mieux. C'est trop facile.